You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans and you Rockies fans as well. We got a Locked On crossover here. I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein, host of Locked On Mets. I got Paul Holden here, host of Locked On Rockies. Feeling pretty good uh, after a good weekend of baseball for them. Uh, on Mets land, it's it's devastation. Okay, It's, it's doom and gloom. We're, we're firing Buck Showalter on Twitter. I saw that today. We're firing Billy Epler. So uh, things aren't going well, even though... Look at the records of these two teams, and maybe the Mets fans shouldn't be freaking out so much. How, how did you absorb the weekend overall of baseball? You know, uh, what's nice is the Rockies are continuing their best stretch of baseball this season. They were playing like league-worst baseball for, for most of the season, and now back-to-back uh, -back series wins uh, now for the Rockies. First time this season. And this is the first time the Rockies have really put things together. The most exciting thing, honestly, Ezekiel Tovar continues to play well. It's a name that you might have heard for the first time here in this series. The third youngest player in the entire league. Uh, the Rockies are trusting him to be the everyday shortstop and he's finally doing big things including in the series finale that smart heads up play there to get Daniel Vogelbach there at second base uh, which was it proved to be a crucial moment in this game because in that in the finale things look like it got out of hand it's just good to see the Rockies get back to playing strong fundamental baseball and every time the Mets responded the Rockies responded back that's something they haven't done all season and games like the finale would be out of their hands by the third or the or fourth inning where it's they're down five, six, seven runs, and who knows who's going to pitch. It, the, it, there's still a long way to go for the Rockies, and I still think the, 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 the hill is a steep one for the Rockies in 2023. But uh, overall, it's just, hey, the good, the good times are, are rolling, and this is a good Mets team uh, that, that the Rockies beat, and this is on the road too, uh, you know, somewhere the Rockies uh, have historically struggled going out on the road and, and scoring runs. Yeah, I remember actually catching a game at City Field Mets Rockies where I I feel like the score was like fifteen to nothing in the four. Like it it, it got away from the quick. When it comes to playing games of course, as as we know, the Rockies usually fare better. So I thought the Mets were going to have a, a nice series. I did know that you know the Rockies handled some business against the Brewers, so I was like, all right, they're a little bit hot, but it's still a team that came in what eight games under or something like that. And look, man, I I think ultimately the Mets are just getting no starting pitching right now. Uh, and you, I do want to actually start with the final game, the rubber match that you brought it up, because it seemed like early this was going to be a war of attrition on both sides. And mm. like like you mentioned, in that that inning there, the the first with with that play at second base, there was a chance that it was going to get away from Feltner there. I don't know how many of his six walks came in that inning. Was it three or four? I think, but he's walking the world. The pitch counts high. The Mets get a hit from Louis Guillorme that would have made it a four-run inning, would have extended it. Francisco Alvarez might have come up with a tax starting pitcher. And Daniel Vogelback, man, I, I mean, that play, it, it's one thing if he was so slow that Chris Bryant just gunned him down a second, but getting caught rounding second base there, what are you doing? And you're right, heads up play by Tovar to, to put on that tag. Yeah, and it, it's – 
that's what I'm talking. The Rockies aren't making that play in April. The Rockies are throwing that ball past Tovar. It's going to the. This is a team that was committing all sorts of errors. So that's it, it's it's good to see the Rockies doing that, and it's really great to see it, especially with the connection with with Bryant to Tovar. Uh, this is a team that is it certainly needed to improve its defense and, and, and have done so. And so you mentioned all of this. It, it, Back, this is a, a Mets team that is underperforming, to to say the least, right now. What's got to change? What after after this series? What do you think's the first outside of starting pitching? Is there something else that you that you're looking for more for the Mets? I mean, the offense was there, but those it's that it's the small stuff. And when things when people are in a rough when a rough go, it seems like all the little things go wrong. To me, I look at this game and, and look overall. I think the biggest issue with the Mets is the starting pitching. I, I look at. You know, this one's crazy to me. I'm looking that they were five for nine with Rose in scoring position because it felt like they left a lot of opportunities on the table today. Mm -hmm. uh, yet, you know, overall, the first two games of the series, the Mets only scored two runs. So I think everyone looks at the offense because I think there is solutions for the offense that people can point to. The, the two top prospects that are still in the minor leagues, Ronnie Mauricio and Mark Vientos, are tearing the cover out the ball in Triple S. So that's something that fans look at and say, oh, Call them up and, and it'll fix everything. I look at a team right now, and I think the biggest thing that will get them on track is getting, for one, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander pitching like themselves and taking turns in the rotation together. That's the biggest thing mm -hmm. because that's going to start to save the bullpen. That's going to put everyone else in line. But it's also just overall figuring out the back end. You know, the, the Mets today had to go to Joey Lucchese on short rest, and that's not something they would have liked to do, but. They didn't have any other options. So they go to him on short rest. And then you have guys who have already been, you know, taxed the long men who are now going out there and trying to do it again. And Jimmy Yacobonis just got destroyed. And, and that was kind of the ball game. So, so I think if the Mets can get their rotation in order, and now hopefully it is because they have a five with Lucchese starting, starting on short rest, what that does do is it allows them to finally have a set five. So it's going to be, not in this particular order, but in some order of Scherzer, Verlander, Kodai Senga, Tyler McGill, and Joey Lucchese. They can get some continuity finally because they've had it, they have not had it at all this season. Maybe that bullpen will be a little more rested and things can start to fall into place. But it seems like every single game the Mets are starting down three nothing, and that's just no way to win baseball games. Yeah, Rockies coming out early is something that 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 that's shown with them in a good spot. Them scoring in the first inning, getting a run on the board early, so crucial, especially for the Rockies uh, after the game one getting blanked. I mean, and the Rockies coming up with uh, nothing, no answers, even with uh, certain opportunities. The 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 one thing is is this is this all circle back still to to the to the Diaz injury or is this does this kind of show that there's some bigger issues than just one key member of the bullpen being gone i mean cuz the one big bonus i think for the rockies here they avoided Verlander or Scherzer. I know Verlander didn't look good in his first start. It's still Verlander and Scherzer. There's no way you want to face those guys. That's a big moment for the Rockies there. And and is this a, is is this a team that's going to make moves sooner than the trade deadline to to adjust some of the early season issues? I think it's definitely something that is on the table, but it's so hard to make a trade in May. And I just don't know what trade they make right now, you know. They're they're in such a bad for one. Carlos Carrasco is this guy that you know is is supposed to be coming back, but he has some illness that's delaying his rehab. You thought you were gonna have Jose Quintana, you lost him for for most of the season, so they've just been hit 
time and again with injuries. And then you also have guys like David Peterson, who I, I mean, he's made me look stupid this year because <laughs> I was saying this guy could be a number three after what I saw last season and he just lost it. And so now he's back in triple a trying to figure it out. He got roughed up in his first start out there. So it's just been injury and, you know, underperformance after underperformance from that starting rotation. And the more that that continues, it just kind of snowballs. And so hopefully you got a day off now on Monday and then you, your rotation can hopefully reset and get on a little bit of a roll. And then you would hope that also the lineup would find some, some continuity again, because the lineup has even struggled the last couple of weeks. And I want to talk about that as it relates to this series a little more in just a minute. Before we do though, today's episode is brought to you by eBay motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay motors, with eBay's guaranteed fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right. The first time around, just add your vehicle to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So going over this series again here, like you said, first game, no offense on either side. And the Mets were lucky to scratch a win. Kodai Sanga looked good in that one. Uh, Senzatella looked good on the Rockies front. But neither team really scratched anything. Game two, again, the Mets couldn't score, and the Rockies were able to put up five. What are you seeing with this lineup that it seems like they're starting to find some continuity? Is it just having guys like Tovar who are starting to get their feet wet in the big leagues? Having a healthy Chris Bryant this year, I'm sure it's been great for them. Uh, what's been the biggest thing that's kind of led to the last couple series of success here? Uh, I think you, you you nailed a couple of it. I think healthy Chris Bryant, again, is and, and even through the Rockies' early season struggles, Chris Bryant has played very good baseball this year. Not And the, one of the big changes, they moved him from left to right field. So Chris Bryant is not, you know, the focus on his defense is not nearly as much there, and he's not running as much, which is a great sign. And uh, this is it, that's a huge, huge win for the Rockies because while it's great that C.J. Crone is your big power bat, C.J. Crone's also going to strike out two times a game. That's just what we've seen from him. And, 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 and there was too much reliance on C.J. Crone. But the biggest storyline and the most surprising thing too with the Rockies is production from the catcher position Elias Diaz was the hero uh, uh, you know multiple times in this series a couple of sacrifice flies he's been incredible for the Rockies of late this is just a lineup that's getting production from top to bottom you're seeing a, and and a Rockies team that's finally playing the new the new version of baseball with their with Doyle Brenton Doyle the young guy that you uh, saw he brings speed the Rockies are a team that wasn't mobile on the bases at all during the the, the first month of the season now with Doyle they're much more willing to be active on the bases which I think every team I think base stealing hitting run 
all that stuff is the next era of baseball. If you have speed, if you can get guys to go and take, a, especially on a single, and when you're fairly confident, you can turn that single into a double in certain situations by just, you know, by stealing. I know that's not necessarily how it works, but quickly by doing that with the with the new rules. So it's just a Rockies team that is finally coming up clutch. They weren't they 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 were leaving runners in scoring position a ton, just like they have year after year, and you know. The, the biggest question I still have, how long can we see this offense do this consistently? But it's nice to see the Rockies do this now for over two weeks, six and four over the last 10 games for the Rockies, including, uh, uh, you know, games where they have scored double digits. I believe I saw a tweet today that the Rockies didn't score 10 runs on the road at all last season. Uh, and now they, uh, you know, it's May and they, they're already doing it. So the it's it's road offense uh, is is a key point there too so everything's pointing up i just am trying to taper my my enthusiasm cuz i love to be super excited about good rockies baseball but i also have seen what this team has done uh you know to start the season so how consistent can this be and really what does this mean for the Rockies? Because this has classic Rocky situation. Hey, we're flirting with third place in the wild card around the trade deadline. Let's stand pat and not do anything, and face a situation where you you know you 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 probably still should move on from some of these pieces. So, the best part is top to bottom, the Rockies are just coming up clutch, and that's something they've been drastically missing this year. I think it's it's interesting just the marathon of a season we never really know you know you can look at something on paper and i, I looked at this stretch for the mets like all right you know you're playing the rockies you got the reds coming up the nationals you you, you start to count w's but that never works in baseball and, and you know it, it just depends on when you catch a team and for the mets you know they caught the rockies at a bad time you know mm -hmm. later in the season i'm not sure if the Braves have played the rockies yet you could tell me more on that one but the Braves might catch the Rockies when they're on a spiral and mm -hmm. it's, you play this, the team the same amount of times, but you might not play the same team, you know? And I think, I think this series in particular, it was a combination of the Mets were pretty taxed when it comes to their pitching. Uh, you know, their lineup has been cold for a while now. And the one game where they start to break out is the game where they have the pitcher on short rest and they give up 13 runs. <laughs> and again, you have this Rockies team that's feeling themselves a little bit coming off a, a series against a Brewers team. that has been great this year. And here's what happens. The Rockies end up stealing a series here and they're feeling good about themselves. And the Mets are asking a lot of questions about themselves heading into an off day. Yeah. I mean, and, but, but here's, here's the reality of this one. We, if let's, let's say, let's fast forward three months from now, let's, and we do a crossover. I don't know uh, when the Mets are, are, are coming to Coors Field or if they are this year, I bet you our two teams are going to be in two very different spots when it comes to the conversation, because while this is great, I don't necessarily see this as sustainable for the Rockies. And I'm still in the mindset of if you aren't competing for a playoff spot and, and really believe in what you can do, which the Rockies are going to have a, the, the, the third, the wild card, I guess, if you're going to go real early projections is the Rockies certainly aren't technically out of it because I think there's like a five way tie for fourth place with teams with 17 wins right now or something like that. So <laughs> technically it's there. But the Rockies need to continue to see what they have from some of their top prospects, and they have to rebuild this pitching staff because the Rockies are getting solid performance. But again, it's Ryan Feltner has been strong, but he's shown us we've seen a few starts from him. He's not the next Scherzer. He's not the next Degrom or, or anybody. He's probably going to be a four or five at a best. And the Rockies have lost Herman Marquez for the season. They've also dealt with some injuries here where. 
you still got to be realistic. So I hope the as much as I'm pumped for it, I don't think that this team has enough to necessarily compete with some of the best teams for the wild card. But if they, it's as you as you said, you were looking at the calendar counting W's. I was looking at the calendar counting L's because I was saying, hey, this is a Rockies team that's about to you know has a, a good Brewers team coming home after they just got because the Diamondbacks came into town and roughed the Rockies up before that Brewers series. I think outscoring them in the first two games, twenty to five at Coors Field before the Rockies won the uh, the uh, the finale there and have, have started this solid stretch of baseball. And I was looking at, you're going Brewers, you're going Mets, and the Pirates, surprisingly enough, this season, of course. So it's for the Rockies. I was like, ooh, this might get stuffed. But instead, the Rockies are responding right now. And that's a good sign because I think that this is a club of fine to good to okay players but it's nothing flashy, and uh, maybe they, I don't know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but because for a while there, the hundred lo- the first 100-loss season in Rockies history was looking pretty, it looked like a pretty surefire thing uh, after I was pretty, uh, uh, with all the injuries and everything, but now it's, I don't know, if the Rockies can go and steal series like this, that's how they prevent themselves from, from losing 100 games, but it's also how they prevent themselves from buying into a rebuild and getting a couple pitching prospects or a couple of near MLB-ready pitchers to help this team in the future. Well, I think that's where I want to go next here. Uh, we're going to talk about where these teams might be at the trade deadline, also when they're going to meet again. We'll get to that in just a minute first. Another word from our sponsors. Mets, Rockies, they will be meeting uh, at Coors Field at the end of this month, actually, May 26th. Okay. So we'll get to see this, this matchup again. Imagine high-scoring games up in the Rocky Mountains. What do you think? You've kind of alluded to it. You, I imagine for the long-term health of this franchise, you'd like to see them take a guy like C.J. Crone, move him at the deadline, move some of the pieces that they can, maybe the bullpen arms, if you can move a Daniel Bart, something like that to replenish their farm system yet what we've seen over the last couple of years is a team that probably frustratingly continues to stand pat at the deadline so even if they're you know way out of the wild card race will they finally sell i don't i, I there's nothing in me that says i can confidently say yes i don't the, the, especially the last few seasons i if this is a team that believes that they are confident that they are competitive enough in the eyes of their owner and their GM, they won't do anything. But there, there are contracts that are expiring soon. You have, you have, you have, and you, you said it yourself. What you consider the next Todd Helton is one of your next, uh, one of your top prospects. There's just so many options that you can move on from and and help this team in the future. Because again, this team isn't going to make the playoffs. I truly don't think so. So they should really try to sell as much as possible and to just go young, even if they're playing solid ball, because you can get a good haul. Maybe Jerickson Profar is an interesting option for someone looking for a leadoff bat. CJ Crone, a power hitting first baseman. That's going to be, a, you mentioned the Rockies do have interesting bullpen arms. Brent Suter has been a great ad for the Rockies here. Uh, I really hope, I, I hope Justin Lawrence doesn't go anywhere. I do think he is a piece that the Rockies would want to hold on on to uh, for the future. But yeah, you Daniel Bard, the, the list goes on and on of veterans that the Rockies could trade that teams would certainly be interested in. But I just have no confidence and faith that they will do it. However, 
the issues that they're facing now and looking at their rotation right now and the choices they made, they have to do something to address replenishing farm system depth when it comes to uh, pitching prospects or doing something to trade for MLB players and get actual starters here because the depth of starting pitching is still going to be an issue for the Rockies. Sensatella is coming back at a key moment for the Rockies as uh, Herman Marquez and the uh, player the Rockies call up to replace Herman Marquez, Noah Davis, uh, goes on the IL as well. The Rockies have already DFA'd Jose Arania today. This is a team that needs to make moves, even if they are playing good baseball, because down the line... You're setting yourself up for failure. And the, the Rockies don't have enough top pitching prospects, and that needs to change. Yeah. No, I, I think that it, it's a team that continues to befuddle me uh, when it comes to what they do. And, uh, you know, I, I'd even consider these two teams trade partners when it comes to some of those bullpen pieces at the deadline. But we just don't know. I thought Bard for sure was going to get dealt last year. I thought there was a chance that Crow was going to go. A couple years ago, Trevor Story. And it never seems like Trevor Story and John Gray leave the Rockies and the Rockies get one draft pick for us. One of the Angels' best options out of their bullpen this year is Carlos Estevez, who the Rockies could have traded last year because it was pretty obvious that Carlos Estevez, at least in my eyes, wasn't going to go back because he was pitching better and better. The Rockies lost a solid starter in John Gray, who would have easily helped the Rockies in this situation, even with his uh, his injury history. Uh, this is a team that has to adjust course because, yes, you might have some really fun, interesting, exciting prospects, the Rockies do, but if you, you're, you, the Rockies are losing their rotation from their playoff time. Herman Marquez's contract stuff is going to be up. He has only a player option or a team option left next year. Uh, Kyle Freeland, I think, has got a couple more years, and, and probably I would say Kyle Freeland ain't going anywhere. Colorado kid, they love him. I, I don't, he kind of a Charlie Blackman type of guy. Um, but yeah, this is a team that needs to make a move. And I think a lot of teams would be take Ryan McMahon, a really a gold glove caliber third baseman or second baseman who still hasn't hit his offensive potential. Go trade him to a team like the Mariners and get you a couple of their arms from their system. But, or yeah, or uh, be talking with the Mets about trading bullpen pieces. You need to do something because there ain't enough there to have you feel confident in this team uh, going forward when it comes to, comes to pitching. Offense, I'm okay with. I mean, there's enough interesting prospects and hope there. So I'm curious, uh, though, what are you, what are your hopes for the Mets at the deadline to turn it around? Is bullpen going to be bullpen and starting pitching still going to be number one by then, or do you think with Verlander, Scherzer, they stay healthy, things stay consistent, the starting pitching is going to iron itself out a little bit? I think the Mets are in a weird spot right now where I'm just not sure what the biggest issue is going to be to address. I think they have a roster right now that is jammed up it doesn't make a lot of sense you got tommy fan mark canna kind of very similar functions on the roster and neither one's performing they got daniel vogel back we saw him today uh, i mean when you have a guy that he could draw his walks even in home run today but he hasn't had a lot of power before that home run he can't run the bases he can't hit lefties he can't fill the position it's just a roster spot that could be used better elsewhere so i think they have to clear some things I think that we're going to get to a point this season where the Mets are going to sink it or swim based on Brett Beatty, Francisco Alvarez, Mark Fientos, and Ronnie Mauricio, their top prospects. If those guys can live up to the hype, I think the lineup is going to be fine. So I think that they're not going to necessarily need a bat. I think they need to clear some of the room so that their young kids can fill those voids. 
and, and be the answer. And then I think the pitching, I, I just don't know if Scherzer is going to continue to, to, to spiral like this, if they have enough frontline starters, but to trade for a frontline starter, it's going to cost a lot. So, so I think that's kind of the, the conundrum they're in. I think we've all kind of assumed they would have to get an arm to replace Diaz at the deadline. Then again, you might have some more information at the deadline that, oh, Edwin might actually be able to come back at the end of September, October. So I think it's it's early to, to know where their problems are, are going to really lie. But I think right now I would say pitching is my biggest concern, even though this lineup was awful in this series until the final game uh, and has been really bad the last two weeks. I don't think that you're going to get this type of performance you know, week over week, I think you're going to see more from yeah. Lindor and Alonzo. You're going to see these guys start to hit, and, and I think they'll be fine, but it's been a rough stretch for the Mets, that's for sure. I think Pete Alonzo is going to continue to be one of the scariest guys to face in baseball. I think that guy is an elite, uh, exactly the type of guy you want playing first base. I, just a guy that I think it provides such a threat. Same with Lindor. And I, again, it's early still, but uh, you know, for me, the Rockies, I'm I've thrown in the towel. This team ain't winning the NL West. <laughs> I don't think that's too crazy to say, but right now the, uh, the, the Mets are currently seven games back behind the Braves. The Braves are going to be good. We know that it's, I feel like you kind of can feel a little bit of that, that Dodgers pain that the Rockies have, have yeah. felt of a team. That's just annoyingly good, always good. They just replace everybody somehow. Is this a Mets team that you think is going to be able to be fighting for the division uh, here if they once? Because I agree with you. I think this is a Mets team that's going to play better baseball and has plenty of time to turn it around. Let's not freak out about a couple of bad series losses in May. You won't even be thinking about that down the stretch. But is this a team that's still going to be fighting for the division, you think? I don't know anymore. Up until about a week ago, I would have said absolutely. To me, I, I think at a certain point, you almost have to just... Look at what the Phillies did last year. Look at the 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 grueling divisional battle between the Braves and the Mets last year. And it seemed like those two teams expended so much energy in the regular season that they ran out of gas in October. If I'm the Mets, I'm just focused on making sure you, you get in and making sure that you have the arms come October to be able to make a run. I don't think they have to win this division. I just think they have to get into the dance and get in with with a couple of starters that can win a short series, and then you're in the same position the Phillies were in last year, where you can spoil a, a lot of a lot of uh, you know better teams, so to speak, from the regular seasons uh, who had 100 plus wins. You might still be able to sneak up on them. So I, I think there's a chance, of course, but what the Braves did last year to go from sputtering like the Mets are right now to you know playing like 750 winning percentage baseball for four months. I don't know if this Mets team has that in them. Mm. So I honestly, I think they're more looking like a wild card team right now. And you know, I think that's the mindset though, with, with this playoff format, just get in, see what happens. And I, and you know, that's, that's going to be the mindset of the Rockies for a while too. I mean, even if things turn around, it's going to be competing with uh, not only the Padres and the Dodgers, but uh, an up and coming Arizona team. That's got plenty of promise and San Francisco's, always going to be there. They're just lurking. They might be bad this season, but who knows? They'll just sign a bunch of veterans and then it'll come back. But but all in all, I mean, it's it, things looking good for the Rockies. I'm I'm hoping it continues 
through, uh, you know, we continue to see it, but, uh, you know, the, the reality checks have been harsh on my takes this season as well for, for the Rockies. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes, but, uh, you know, it, it, it is, it is nice when the Rockies can go out and, uh, steal a, steal a series there in a place like New York. Cause I'm sure the, 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 the sports shows and everything will be totally sane and calm about everything after this one. Nope, we are firing uh, Billy Apple. We're firing Buck Showalter, and we are tearing it all down. Uh, that's going to be all for this Locked On crossover. These teams will meet up in a couple of weeks, we just learned. So uh, I'm sure we'll be talking again. Then make sure uh, you follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow Paul at Paul Holden 33 And you can check out both of our shows wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.